I'm black. I didn't go to college. I don't wear a suit. You don't learn how to be a great agent at Harvard. My whole team, maybe one person has a college degree. What are some of the difficult conversations you have to have with athletes? You're not as good as you think you are. You know, everyone wants Chrome Hart, Richard Mill, this and that. But that shouldn't be your motivation. I agree. <clears throat> no. Discouragement has killed more people than guns ever. Damn. I'm waiting at the gate and this kid asked me about my jersey. And I didn't want to make fun of his replica. That kid happened to be LeBron James. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having a conversation today with the biggest sports agent in the game. Our guest today was named GQ's Power Broker of the Year and the Kingmaker by Sports Illustrated. Rich Paul is the CEO of Clutch Sports Group, which represents over 200 athletes across the NFL, NBA, and WNBA. And no, he is not my brother. Clutch Sports Group was listed on the Times 100 Most Influential Companies list. This man has done it all from nutrition, tech, finance, Spring Hill, entertainment. This guy is a legend. We're talking to a man with over $4 billion in contracts negotiated. A fellow Cleveland, Ohio native. The legend, Rich Paul. Stop everything you're doing and download better picks the best fantasy sports app available we have 100 times multipliers we've paid out tons and tons and tons of 100 times multipliers it is the best fantasy sports app these other guys have 20 to 25 times multipliers that's cute hilarious and we also don't have any pushes the fastest payouts amongst all fantasy sports apps california florida texas and a ton of other states check if it's available in your state Download better, start playing better picks today. What a great setting. It is indeed, the Hard Rock. It's very beautiful here. I, I like it. Good vibes. Right in Times Square. Rolling. Yeah, just a vibe. Wow. Just, just, a, just a vibe right just here. Just a quick little vibe. Yeah. Man, I'm so excited for this episode. We have a legend, an absolute legend in the building today, Mr. Rich Paul. We're in New York City, vibing out. This guy just dropped a book. BS, we're back at it. Back at it like a crack addict. Can't stop doing it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Rich Paul, what up, baby? What's good? How What's you doing? Good? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm excited. You know, book is out. Just, uh, it was a moment for me um, in terms of the book and, and how important it was to me and the therapeutic aspect of it as well, you know, being from, y'all from Ohio. So it's, it's, uh, it's some moments in there I know everybody can relate to for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of like I've always thought about that. Like when I, I've I've put out a book before, and it's so like it's kind of like traumatizing but therapeutic at the same time because you're yeah. like, wow, like a lot of work and time and effort went a lot, yeah. went into this, and it's like it's your baby out into the world to be judged yeah. and received yeah, and interpreted. And, 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 you know the vulnerability. You know, I, I grew up not not being vulnerable about anything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I grew up there was no real emotion. You know, growing up without my mom, and when you multiply that times the environment, you know, I grew up in in the Glenville area, Cleveland. You know, St. Clair, like is 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 everywhere now, but it's it, even it's a it's no it's a war zone pretty much, yeah. and so you don't know it when you're in it. You know, like it's a soldier fighting the war, you don't really know it until you get home, and it's like, oh shit, like I was really in this thing, and so. um it has its different effects, but at the same time, what the book is talks about, 
you know, as you as you read it, it's it's a it's a teaching point in every moment, mm-hmm. in every chapter. And there's a there's a rule to every chapter that I that I feel like everyone can relate to, and it, it allows you to understand how to navigate throughout life and different experiences. You know, this was really I didn't go to Harvard. You know, this was my Harvard. My dad's store mm-hmm. was my Harvard. Mm. You know, and so um, when you talk about the title "Lucky Me," I'm extremely lucky in that aspect that my dad's store was my Harvard, and I learned things there to help me in the position I'm in today. No, it's great, man. The, and th- this episode is definitely for the entrepreneur and the deep thinker. We're, we got right into it, straight yeah, let's up. Do it. <laughs> no, straight but, up. But, but, but no, I, no, I don't want to dictate. No, that, I like know. it. I like it. And and people for people that don't know, this is the third Paul brother. Mm. Third Paul brother for sure. <laughs> Am yeah. I just got kicked out? <laughs> oh yeah. No, sorry, sorry, Jasper. Oh, your last name Paul too? Yeah, no, no. But they just look a lot alike. Yeah, no. But whenever we show up places, we're like, yo, this is the third the third Paul brother. But do people ever like say that to you? Or are they like, yo, like, are you related to them? Or? No. Because we're no. from Ohio. <laughs> no, we're all no, from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> well, <laughs> Bro, out of it. <laughs> why, 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 why? Because uh, I don't know. Well, you guys do look so much alike, so I yeah, can we, see that's why. why yeah. I was confused. There's a similar yeah. complexion to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking but, that when you walked in. I, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> but no, we, 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 you know, we brothers through vibe. Like, you know, they, they. They got a dope vibe, you know. I consider myself to have the same, and so uh, we resonate from that perspective. So I was like, "Guys, this guy is from Ohio, and he has the same oh last name." God. And so I d- we we did a background we, check to see if we're related. Well, I was with mom yesterday, at, at, you know, at the hotel. We kicked it, we hung out, and she, you know, yeah, she she embraced me as one of her sons. So you might be right, <laughs> but we're not we're not related. I did the background check. Oh, no, yeah. unfortunately, you, you we're checked? not. Yeah. Shockingly, yeah. shockingly, somehow you guys aren't. But but the Pauls in Ohio, Rich. We're here today to talk about your book, yeah. Lucky Me. It's out now. I want to preface this whole thing first by saying we are joined by the biggest sports agent in the game right now, mm. Rich Paul. A little bit of background for our audience in case they don't know. The book is titled Lucky Me. I heard you in recent interviews discussing the fact that you were born in objectively unlucky circumstances, and then you in your life learned how to create luck for yourself. Right. And I think that is a super interesting topic, how you can create what some people might perceive as luck. So if you could maybe go all the way back from the beginning, from the circumstances you were in at the beginning of your journey and tell a bit of your story, that would be Yeah, great. I mean, for the people that don't, you know, for the listener and, and, the, and the viewer... Obviously, you see me in a position now, and the the average person would say, "Oh, he he woke up, you know, his best one of his best friends is, is LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron put him on, and that's why he's successful." Mm-hmm. That would be probably the most wrong perspective that you can actually ever have, right? Um, but that's what people want to feel like. That's what people want to talk about, and that's what, despite anything you would say. That's what people are going to think. Some people are just basic thinkers. But when you read the book and what the book entails and the reason, part of the reason why I wanted to write the book is when you talk about creating your own luck, I think it comes through a place of experiences. And my experience of working in my dad's store, learning math through playing the Ohio lottery for customers that came in, learning math from selling noun laters and, and cigarettes and 
breaking a pack of cigarettes. I used to have to break a pack of cigarettes down. This is illegal, by the way, but my my dad's store is closed now. <laughs> but but we used to to stretch no it jeopardy. to stretch it. We used to break the, the the a pack of cigarettes. You take a pack of Newport Kings and you, which is kind of the the preferred brand, and you take Monarchs, which is kind of the cheaper brand. Mm. And we would open up the pack and we would sell them single mm. because everyone couldn't afford a pack of cigarettes. Mm. And so we would stretch it from that perspective. And so learning just that aspect of it where I can sell you a pack of cigarettes or I can break a pack of cigarettes and sell them each single. And there was a larger margin to be made mm. by selling them singly versus what it would cost for an entire pack. That is something that I learned as a kid, right? And so how does that equate to today when I'm sitting here with 207 athletes across two sports and I've done $4 billion in contracts in the last Jeez. eight years? That's right. That math, Sheesh. you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's something. And, and, and by the way, customer service, right? The importance of you guys having this Celsius here right that's a partner that that's a that's a partner of the of the of the show and a sponsor of the show in some aspect i understood that by the frito-lay man coming into the store and i had to pick out my dad gave me the role of picking out the chips and what we want and what to buy more of and what the kids actually bought and so that's how i learned about marketing and and, and things like that and then just people all walks of people i had to deal with from the, the person that had a job every day that was a mom, single mom, the dad, the older person, all the way to the guy that is now begging for wine and he don't have the money. Mm -hmm. And how you treat that person, whether they have money or not, my dad really helped me and my brother and sisters instill that. And so now running my own business and having 80 staff members and, and being able to go into families' homes and have conversations to represent them, you know, if I had to come and talk to your mom to represent you guys, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, it gave yeah. me this yeah. perspective of everything. And it really, the book tells you the assembly line I was built on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but it's not just about me. This is not about me per se. Cause I think everybody in this room, everybody who reads the book and everybody's listening and watching, one of these chapters you're going to relate to in a, in a, in a real way. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, just that the hustler's soul and the entrepreneur's soul is just, like, within somebody from day Absolutely. one. Like, Absolutely. I think that's an interesting question, though, is the nature versus nurture aspect of an entrepreneur. Because I, that's such a common story with entrepreneurs. It's almost always the story is an, a successful entrepreneur always has a childhood story of where this whole thing was seated, whether it was hustling chocolate. Mine was, was stealing hustling. iPhones <laughs> and, <laughs> and reselling them, which is like I got suspended for 10 days, almost expelled from the school. Like I was like devastated. I felt sick afterwards. I was like, yeah, like why did I do that? But really I was doing it because I was a fucking entrepreneur. And I was like, damn, I could steal this iPhone and sell it for 600. Like, yo, let me fucking run this shit up. It's a, it's a very, it's a very interesting <laughs> takeaway for me because, like, I have a similar story. But it's like these things. I, I just, I feel like in my mind, you you have to be born with it though because there's these things that'll just be in someone's face and they won't realize them. And then there's people like you who 
saw all of these things as takeaways and, and things that were so intriguing from like such a young age and like I don't know are you are you born with it or is it you know what I think um there's definitely an aspect of being born with it because I had this ability as a kid to turn anything that deemed to be negative into a positive like you don't know what it's like unless you go through it to grow up and not see your mom for four months in a row. Imagine not imagine coming home and your mom's not for four months in a row. You you're in the fourth grade, mm. right? And then when your mom do come, she's there for three days, and those three days are amazing. But then she's gone for another ninety four days, mm. and you know that was this roller coaster. But I at a very young age didn't take the perspective, and a lot of kids shouldn't take this. You never know what that person's going through. And so I'm in the fourth grade having to digest this, and I'm having to, you know, when you're in school, kids play around and they talk and they talk about each other, et cetera. And for someone to say to you, after you get to this point of the group is laughing and say, I got more laughs on something I said, well, that hurt your feelings or whatever. So now you got to come with the gut punch. The gut punch to me was, well, that's why your mom smoked crack. Mm. Well, we all know what that's, that could be a fighting situation. But I had to, I had to spin it in a way, and when you read the book, it, this is one of these is in here, I had to spin things in a way that would not necessarily put me in a position where I'm always fighting somebody because of what they said. Mm. And so now when you equate that to today, when I first started the business, it was, he'll never make it. What is he doing? He don't have a degree. He never negotiated anything. Then when I did however many deals, it was something else. Or LeBron owns a piece of his business. Or, you know, it, it had to always be something. All the way till it got to where I was so established that, oh, he wears white after Labor Day. So that becomes a thing. You what, know? Is it, what is even that? What is that? It, it means nothing, but it used to be you couldn't wear white after Labor Day. So they were trying to find anything to they discourage. They will find fucking anything. Anything to discourage. And then today, it's today I get more than anything, oh, well, you know, Rich partnered with UTA, and that means he's going away from the business, and he's going to he's he's uh, he own a team. There's and, always going you know, to be something. It's always going to be something. So, but again, if I don't go through what I went through as a kid, maybe I don't handle it the same, right? Maybe this actually does get to me. And that emotion that I grew up without having, you know, um, really helped me in this space. And when you go, when you grow up in the Glenville community, you're trying to survive. In most cases, we were, try every day I walked out my door, my whole thing was to just get back home. Mm. So I couldn't plan out. There was no such thing as, oh, well, six months from now, I'm a, no, we didn't get six months, right? And a lot of times, you're trying to survive the hour, mm. right? And so within that, there's all these things that's transpiring. I wanted better things for the sake of me aspiring to be the 45-year-old I was hanging with. I was 12 hanging with a 45-year-old that, you know, so I skipped a lot of steps. I didn't really have a childhood. You grew from that up growing up. Yeah, I didn't really have a childhood from that perspective. 
And so I did things that along the way that I'm not glorifying, but it was things I felt I had to do for what I wanted to do. And I and I there was a lot of moments in there that I learned from. And there was a lot of things that took place from people. I lost so many friends by the time I was 16. You know, getting getting to 16 years old was like your 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't get there. 21 is like we turn 50, we having a big a big celebration, mm-hmm. right? And that's when you think about it from that perspective, it's and now we're seeing this happen all over again with the youth. The difference is I, I didn't want clout. I wanted money. Yeah. So whether we were shooting dice, playing cards, whatever it was I was doing, pitching quarters or shooting horseshoes or whatever it was, mm-hmm. shooting jumpers, I wanted money to go and do certain things. I'd buy everything. You guys grew up in Westlake, and I'm much – by the time you guys were born, I, I mean, or just in high school, I mean, I had done so many things. You know Chip the Ripper? Yeah. You the know rapper? Chip the Ripper? Was, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's – Great guy. Yeah. I've never you remember Al him. Fats? I don't know Al Fats. He made the song I Didn't Came Down. My my one of my friends, uh, Rami, I think, produced for Chip the River. Rami, yeah. You know, I know Rami? Rami well. I know Rami well, yeah. Oh, what of course. The fuck? Yeah. Small world. So those you know, it was like I had I was just always doing something. What right? on on that topic, what sorry, like super sidetrack, we'll go back to that. But what do you what do you think like how Cuddy treats Cleveland is weird? Do I think how Cuddy treats Cleveland is weird? Um, no, because I don't think Cleveland ever embraced Cuddy. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's like it's like a unfortunately because a, it, he's a, it could go both ways. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you can't expect somebody to treat a situation any different than how they were treated. And I think from a Cuddy perspective. But it is, I just have to say it for Cleveland, like, he, like, I think he switched up and just, Why, what, like, what, fuck what has happened with Cuddy? He, he just acts like he's not from there. And, and no one even really knows that. And then, like, doesn't tap in with the people, like, got big and, like, all the OGs are like, damn, he didn't do Well, this I don't, yeah, do I, like, of my experience, I've never seen him in Cleveland like that. Yeah, I mean, he's never. Where did he grow up at? And then, Shaker? and then. Cleveland I don't pride. even know exactly. No, Cleveland pride is like the biggest thing in the oh, world. Oh, it's a huge thing. And like, I'm, I'm, I bleed Cleveland, so it's not I, even a question I, about like, it. Like, and, if from, you're from Cleveland, it's like this like fucking yeah. army every, every time blood. I'm there, you guys always have something communal going on in that. In and that and Evie's yeah. whole brand is I'm from Cleveland because it's mm. such, that's like one of the first things you say to people. It's like, we fucking rep that shit. I mean, yeah. like if he's yeah. not embraced by Cleveland, like why would he... But bro, I, I tried to get him to perform at the Tyron Woodley fight, at, like just before I came out, and he 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 asked for like an astronomical fee that was like fuck you, like, and, and I get it, I get it, I mean, that's like, his, I that's get his it, I, that's his business, yeah, that's I what get he it, feels like it's worth. I no, I get it, but it's like this was like some shit to like tap in back with the city, like first event back from COVID. But he doesn't yeah, see I, it how you see yeah, it. I can't, you know? I can't, I can't. That's cannot, when I was like, yeah. all right, but I don't, I'm not, yeah. I'm not I can't put that on him though. I can't mm-hmm. put that on Cuddy because, his price. I, you know, I mean, like, like I, yeah, I just can't put that on him. 
Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put that on him like this. I, I feel like if the roles were reversed, if he reached out to you and like you guys aren't too familiar with each other and he asked you to do some type of walkthrough or appearance for some brand, of course you're going to charge what your price is. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's no hard feelings. Not if someone's from Cleveland. I mean, I, I'd be doing shit for a Cleveland discount for sure. But, I, I'd be yeah. doing shit for free from people from Cleveland. But that's from a moral standpoint. Like he may not have those morals you have and that's just how it is yeah yeah i mean everybody's different i mean i definitely yeah you definitely get a feather in your cap if you're from cleveland with me, or any or any other surrounding if you're from ohio but definitely cleveland but any other surrounding cleveland akron youngstown whatever you know columbus i'm from whatever. california it's like more every yeah. man for themselves type of yeah that's a different dynamic it's but, super yeah. super tricky um but i do really just want to say thank you actually uh for like putting together this this beautiful book. I, I love the concept because I have a very similar upbringing to you. And um, I like to call it like making yourself undeniable what you're doing. And as, I'm 22, I'm, I'm still young, I'm, I'm growing and I'm learning, but it's something I'm trying to accomplish as well. And like the concept of it is, is, is so great. And I feel like there's not enough of that being like spoken to the youth. It's more so just like everything's for the looks and, and, and for like capitalization yep. on the internet, it's all fast paced. And, and I feel like there definitely should be more spoken on about. But yeah, thank you, by the way. Appreciate that. Thank 22 you. is very young, Absolutely. very young. Yes. But here's the thing. Obviously you guys have grown up in a different space and it's much more opportunity. And, and I wish we had this type of, you know, what, what you guys are able to do. I had to take penitentiary chances, mm -hmm. right? And the, it was two choices. It was either your life or freedom. So I was lucky to make it, extremely lucky to make it out of those pitfalls. And and like the I had did an, another pod and they was asking me about something that, that that Stephen A said. And it wasn't about me trying to be this tough guy, because I'm not a tough guy. I'm for peace and I'm for profit. Like I'm a, I'm a hustler. You know, I come from a long line lineage of tough guys. This is a tough guy here to my right. He's fucking crazy, but. <laughs> He's like a big ass teddy bear. Don't let no, him fool. No, no, no. I'm yeah, sad. Nah, yeah, yeah, if you see me on my Facetime with my with my girlfriend, you'll be like, "He's a bitch." <laughs> but no. But what I'm saying is, like, you learn things, and I think what's missing, like, I learned. The reason why I said that is because I'm never going to put myself in a position for the energy to be that for somebody to say something to me like like that, especially in this space, because I come from a world where that energy was every day. Yeah. Someone's looking for a reason. Yeah. Every they just want a reason. They don't it don't have to be a valid reason, just any reason. Mm -hmm. And so because I come from that, once you get here, I'm never going to do that in this space. And by the way, this is the space I work in today is like it's like a a a kid playing in a bouncy house compared to where I came from. Where where, where did the ambition stem from though? And like the desire what, giving to, it away or, or like the desire to make that transition you know because it, it's it's not easy like you're you know it it, it sounds a lot easier I, yeah. than it is to to break out of but yeah i was doing what i had to do I, that that wasn't me like i was a 3.7 accum state champion oh. fly love to dress mm -hmm. you know give you the shirt off my back i used to let what were you state champion in Basketball. I went to Benedictine. Oh, like home that. of champions. Let's go. I mean, Damn. I wrestled Benedictine. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Talked about yeah. That we went. We bit. won. We went three years straight. You were point guard. Ah, uh, I was 
any guard. Yeah, I was point <laughs> shoot. I was probably a better shooter than a point guard. But, but, you know, for me, it, it was just about. I used to. I used to allow. I was a sneakerhead before it was being before it was a thing, right? Every shoe of all sorts of kind. But I would let my friends wear. I went to a Catholic school, so we couldn't wear them. But I used to let my friends wear my shoes before I wear them to their school. Wow. You, you get what I'm saying? Like that was right. just so. Now today. I, you guys skip steps because social media allows you to create this, to get this fame and get this notoriety early. But you have to have the foundation and this, the, like that seasoning comes from the foundation. And so I was lucky enough to get that foundation through my dad's store, through an ex a crackhead or a wino, or, or even my mom when she was present. She was insanely great in teaching and 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 cleanliness and, and all those type of things. And so I was molded in this world to where today in the world I live in today, I have a lot of things that most people probably won't have because, you know, fame and celebrity and money can make you forget about moral principle and integrity. Right? So Yeah, it's no it's it's super interesting. I've seen like since I was sixteen years old and, and the foundation of who you are and what you embody is everything. And everything. that's why, that's why it like goes back to like, is it luck or is it destiny? And then, but, but I've seen the biggest internet creators in my time where you're like, this guy is Michael Jackson. This is Justin Bieber. And then two years later, no one's talking about him because they weren't actually built for it and right. they didn't have the right. foundation. And it's like the quicker you come up, the, the faster you fall. And I think that's something that people don't talk about is like, it is, or were you really meant for this? Mm. And is this what you really should be doing? I think that's, that's something interesting for you to touch on because I, so there's, I think there's a, there's a big crisis of meaning in the world right now. There's a lot of people trying to find their place in the world, find where they belong. What is their thing for them to do for the rest of their life, their life's work. And in some research for this episode, I saw that you, you weren't, a sports agent off rip. You, you no. went down a lot of different paths, whether it was flipping jerseys, whether it was being a music producer, an artist, a basketball player. There was a lot of lanes you went down before you found where you settled in and became great. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone at home, I guess, that's trying to find their place in the world, what would be your advice to them? You just got to, you know, keep throwing, um, you know, just keep managing the transitions of life. Like you, just, like I, you can't necessarily say, I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to start here and then I'm going to end here because yeah. you don't know what's going to be in front of you. And so when you do that, that's why when I'm in a negotiation, I never tell a client the number mm -hmm. because if I do that, he's stuck on that number and it, it doesn't allow me to get bust through there. If I tell you, you know, we're getting 20 million and now we're at 20 million, but I think we can get to 35. I've already told you 20, and so once I t tell you that's the finish line for, for you, you get what I'm saying? It's a very psychological thing. For me, growing up, I didn't know what I was going to do, I, but I had to be good at every because I was a gambler. So I had to be good at everything, and, and also you never know, when, you never know what it's, the opportunity is going to be. So if I'm working with Jake, and Jake's like, man, I need a stylist. Okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. If Jake's like, if Jake's a card player and he's playing with some guys, just cheating them, 
Well, I'm a gambler. I can pull him to the side and say, Jake, that, you know, now that's value. If Jake, you know, like it was anything, if he was an artist or whatever, like it was every little thing I could do, but that came from my experiences, you know, just growing up. The common theme seems like whenever something was in front of you, whenever there was opportunity, you didn't hesitate and you took it. And you I took, took that yeah. leap. You took, you, you took the leap from familiar, comfortable territory into the scary, unknown territory of something new. And that seems to be the, the common denominator, the common denominator in what's led to like a lot of your success is just saying, fuck it. I got an opportunity in front of me. Let's go. Let's do it. Whether I'm ready or not, let's go. Yeah. I didn't have a, you know, when we first got in the league, I had no role. Mm-hmm. I had no job. It's like, not like it was a job for me. It was no job. Actually, it was told to me the other way. There isn't going to be a job for you. I have nothing for you to do. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I can make something. It, it, it don't matter. I'm just trying to get out of this because this, the days are numbered, you know, and, and because it just takes, it takes, you got to have, when you in the streets and how I grew up, we had to have 365 perfect days. They only needed one. Mm. And when I say that, they only needed they, one they good day. Meaning who? They meaning robbers, jackers, police, whoever, mm. right? Like, they just need one good day. You feel what I'm saying? Who wants to play that game? And by the way, this is not even me. I'm much, I'm, you know, you're in the world where you don't have outlets. You don't have options. You don't have someone next door to you saying, hey, you should do this or you should do, let me show you how to do this. Everyone's trying to one-up you, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's trying to get an advantage. And that's why there's this distrust amongst the community. And it's the same way when you look at the perception of an agent. An agent's perception prior to me used to be shady. You know, they just only about money. And so, yeah, I need them. But, you know, it's almost like a boxing promoter. You know, they, yes. they, 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 that's how it's viewed. Yep. I changed that perception. You know, there's more kids today that want to be an agent and not necessarily play the game because I made it look cool and fun and, and and like it was a vibe to do but it came from a place of wanting to change a landscape of an industry in which I know these people don't care about the person they care about the commission but they don't give a shit about the person the talent and so I wanted to bring something different to the game to where I actually care about the person and I want to make my money you know because I earned it sure and we're going to hold each other accountable and we're gonna be able to vibe out and it's not gonna be business every time I'm around you. I'm not trying to sell you every time I'm around you. And at the same time, I'm experienced enough to educate you about things and you know, and give you the relationships without charging you for everything. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? And so that was just the disruption of the game. And it wasn't taken, it wasn't accepted to the place it should have been because I'm black, mm-hmm. I didn't go to college, I don't wear a suit, you know, it's all those things. And so, um, you know, the, the new executive today can look like me mm. yeah. and still be respected for their expertise. And you Do know. you feel like people in the world don't like that and they try to tear that down a bit? Well, they use, they can't stop it now, but yeah, now yeah, I got, cause I, because I have the culture. Can't stop it now. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like the kids, like I rock with the kids yeah. from – I don't care if you're from Greenwich, Connecticut, or you're from, you know, Fifth Ward in Houston. Mm-hmm. I, like, 
Clutch, Rich Paul, like, you know, people, they, they, they grew with us as a company. When we win, they win. And, mm. and you know, and, and they feel that way. And I built a business that is, the, is diverse. You know, 60% of my staff is women. Mm-hmm. Leadership is diverse in terms of gender. It's diverse in terms of ethnicity. And you don't have to come from a specific place. I got people that walked off the street as just was, was carrying DJ Steph Floss's DJ equipment into the club Shout early, and now they and now they're now they're agents. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And That's so, incredible. Yeah, I wanted to create something where the kids understand like there's no limitations, there's no discouragement. Only thing you need to be is willing and open minded to listen, um, be given direction and be professional in your approach. I don't care if you got a felony, I don't give a shit about any of that because things that happened prior to you, we can't control. Lots right? of criminals on my team. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't control, if you, because if you yeah. did, because in the NBA they do But a they're back- actually like better people because they like learned from their mistake and they were like, damn, like now I have gratitude yeah. towards this other side of life. But, and people don't even realize that. And I'm, it's all, my whole team, I don't, maybe one person has a college degree, Marcos. Everyone is college, <laughs> high school yeah. dropouts. But you Literally know every, everyone I here, like, I don't but know. Guess but guess what? There would have been a lot more felonies for other people if their dad didn't know the judge or if their uncle didn't know. Yeah, you, know you get yeah, what I'm saying? Facts. Like, we just didn't have those things. You don't think a young kid that, Went to a private school. They grew up in the Lower East or the Saint Upper, Ed's, upper Saint West Ignatius. Side. Didn't get caught with a bag of something, and mm. the dad or uncle got him out of it because they knew the judge or the process. Like, yeah, we just don't get that benefit of the doubt. That's all I'm saying. The Rich Paul rule was a, was a rule of discouragement. It's not a real thing. What they did was players are able to come out and test what they do call test the water, and if they don't want to go to the league, they can come back to college. They tried to say in order to represent that player because they was not giving up their 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 amateur athletic um, eligibility, that you had to have a certain criteria mm. to represent them. You had to have a college degree. You had to have all these different things. And they introduced that once you were already on the scene. They introduced that once I was already an agent. Got it. And I seen it at the agent seminar. And you know me, I'm like, well, I'm not representing nobody testing the water any don't matter to me yeah but I, it didn't dawn on me that that was targeted towards That's me crazy until yeah. the people when it came out the this is why i say i'm 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 the culture right mm. when the people came out they like wait a minute they're targeting that towards rich they named it the rich paul rule and then all these other people start coming out you know kevin hart this person that person lebron they all start and then it became this thing where it's like and the NC, it was so much heat on the NCAA. Man, you can't expect me to be giving a shit about higher education when my little sister needs school clothes and food. Like, I don't have time to do that. And by the way, being an agent, you don't learn how to be a great agent at Harvard or Michigan. That, that mm. don't teach you how to be a great agent. Mm. Or Penn, for that matter. Sorry. That don't, that don't teach you how to be a great agent. Mm. It's It's... You know, well, everyday experiences, interacting with, 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 with people as well as learning how to negotiate, learning certain rules or certain um, leveraging tactics and stuff like that. But I learned that from the school of hard knocks. You know, I learned that on 125th 
and in Edmonton, you know, I learned Wait, it. they can't, but they can't, they can't teach you that. Those teachers can't teach you that because they are, no. they're, 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 no. they haven't done it. Otherwise they wouldn't be techers. I go that's school, the, that's, that's, that's the whole shit, problem right? no, with no. the whole entire system. It's yeah. not. School and so it's just like yeah. never, never ending thing, but kids should go to school. I'm not saying don't go to school kids, but what I'm saying is don't yeah. let, don't let the, the criteria of, what the establishment said this should be discourage you from being who you want to be because you got to bust through that. Yeah, and, sure. And 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 go, hey, mom, look at mom with that green and white on. Yeah, mom, you always right, you're man. crushing wow, it. You look great. Yeah, you're, you're always looking so oh. fly. <laughs> yeah, like go 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 to school if if your heart is feeling it. And 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 well, I think look, I think you should finish school. Like high school, you should finish high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because At high school, <laughs> because here's what school is, right? You wake up, you go to class, you have to pay attention, you have to follow up, you have to mm -hmm. interact with other people. It's teaching you the basics. School is important from that perspective. Mm -hmm. It's teaching you the basics of, you know, paying attention, following through, building good habits. Yep. That's what school is great for. Yep. But you can't tell me that the obtuse triangle of or this word problem <laughs> or this you know table of contents pythagorean we don't theorem. use any of that shit right the now powerhouse of the cell. right <laughs> we don't we don't use any of that shit right now and there's different learning behaviors from different kids and so i think school should be shaped based upon how you actually learn and I'm, I'm seeing that happen now i'm seeing yeah it's starting there, to do there's, that there's yeah. some new school yeah jimmy ivine and dr dre did a I'm school an like that now in uh in um elon musk's school um synthesis yeah yeah i, I think that i Sick. think that'll be better and and i also think the rise of physical education and the importance of physical education and actually not allowing these kids to just go in and talk on their phones or sit around and do that. like my phys ed class became the wind casino mm -hmm. when i was in school like my mm -hmm. study hall was me get like i literally gambled Every single day. That's the first thing I download better. Yeah. Rich yeah. Paul loves nah. gambling. Nah, nah. <laughs> listen, yeah, that was that. In the chapter Bear Down, mm -hmm. the chapter is a chapter in the book called Bear Down, and I'm talking about hitting um, a point on the dice, a four, which is a very hard point oh to hit, God. right? And that was my favorite point on the dice because everybody around you wanted to bet against you, so that was my favorite thing, and it just teaches you about. You know, if you had a thousand dollars and now I have nine hundred of your thousand, it's no let up for me. I'm bearing down because I want that other hundred, and because I know if I let up, it can go the other way. That's the same as you being up six, or you just hit you know two threes in a row. You up six, and now you got a fast break. And instead of you taking the layup, you take the three and miss, and now they go up mm -hmm. by three, and you you get what I'm mm -hmm. saying. And so, and also for me. I've never celebrated a deal. There's nothing to celebrate. I'm locked in. I'm 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 bearing down. I like that. That's a trap yeah. we talk I, about often. I, I've said that too. Like sometimes I celebrate my fights, but really when I'm the most focused and just do something like sick in the fight, I don't celebrate because I'm just like that was meant to happen. Yeah, you. Know, I, I, mean, I you did. Pre that. You like, prepare for. Yeah, like why am I celebrating what I knew was gonna happen? It's nothing noble yeah. in doing what you're supposed to do. That's what I tweeted. Yeah, yeah I said exactly. But um, go, so going back to the Rich Paul rule, I I had this um, 
meditation and they my friend they can attest to it we live together in puerto rico and i i meditate frequently and i had this like meditation and there was this like overwhelming sense and thing that came out of nowhere that was like yo you and your brother are in trouble the higher powers and the higher people and richer, wealthier people in this world are like gonna come and attack you and try to rip everything you're doing down. And they're all, they, they see how powerful you guys are getting and you're going to a new level of like power and wealth and fame and success and influence that like you guys need to be so fucking careful. And I told them this, I came out of the meditation, I was like, guys, like, this is what happened. And it was like, they were like, kind of looking at me like, all right, bro, like, whatever. Like, (laughs) and then literally seven days later, like, so, so many attacks on our family name and Pepsi senators and all these people are coming after my brother and trying to rip his brand down at the highest level and the government's involved and behind the scenes, like more things that I can't talk about were happening and it was like clockwork and i don't know if you've like felt or experienced that like well once yeah. you get to a certain level and being the, the, that disruptor where when you come shake shit up so people that they, they have at the end of the day a lot of time monopolies yeah a lot of time that people are very comfortable in running though. shit and then yeah. you come and shake shit up yeah I, I felt it from a different place yeah. honestly i felt it from just being young and black in the space you know um there was a sense of entitlement of you know you don't not that you don't belong here but you didn't you didn't take the path that we all took and so you know like and it wasn't just it wasn't racial per se because it was it was black agents and and white agents you know that were doing certain things behind the scenes but you know I didn't really give a shit about that because again when you grow up how I grew up hate is hate is in the forefront it's not in the back mm. like every every day is led with hate so i was already groomed for that to not to even give give a shit about that but what was that moment like when you were able to stand up for what you knew was right and then you had all your peers and brothers come to your I defense just, behind I just, you? yeah i just did the work yeah people i never said anything i just did the work mm-hmm. i still don't say much i mean i say more than what i used to say but when you just do the work like again going back to the book when you shooting dice and people screaming and yelling in your ear, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's no different than the haters, no different than the crowd. Like you just learn to block out that noise. And the only way to shut that radio off is to just keep hitting points. Mm-hmm. So when I was young and we would go to different neighborhoods, I'm from this area, we go to DuPont. At DuPont, it's all type of neighborhoods. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of everything in the air, right? Because Someone has probably just gotten shot or had a fight or fought in school or don't like this person, that person. But we all hear gambling and you can feel that tension. Mm -hmm. And when you on your knees and you shooting those dice like that, you don't know who's behind. You got to have people watching. Right. And this is a big money game. Everybody's here. And there was a lot of things said. There was things said when I was prior to um, LeBron getting drafted and the people, the thought that he would take you with him, or the thought that you could hang with, like people wish bad on him, mm-hmm. from my own area, 
because because of what they felt it would do for me. Mm. Think about that. That's mm. some deep hatred, and I had to mm. deal with that, but deal with it in a in a place to not necessarily shine a light on it, really ignore it, store it, but ignore it, and then move on. Mm. You know, so, uh, switching like switching subjects a little bit. Um, whenever I'm my friends like are around and stuff and the number one question they get asked by their friends is what's Jake like? Cause they like think I'm not human or like they want to know what, what, what's he like? And for a fan question, what's, what's LeBron like? Regular guy. Be honest with you. Just, you know, just one of the homies for real. Mm-hmm. We just, and a lot of guys are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I got you know. What's Kevin Durant like? One of the homies. He seems know. like a sicko. Nah, he's he just be one in of the, the club. Oh, like you know, like what <laughs> he is? He seems like one of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, like these guys are they're just they're just regular, right. real people. John, you know, a John Wall. What is John Wall like? John Wall has one of the biggest hearts ever. Mm-hmm. Just a cool guy, you know. And that, and again, we bond over a lot of these things with, with my guy, like. Me and Tyrese Max, he talked damn near every day. He's smiling every single day, like just a joy, you know. And and when I hang with guys or Darius Garland or DeJounte, everybody's different. We all hang out. But that's the thing about my guys. Like, we actually really hang out. I'm not just their agent. Like, people we de- actually really hang People dehumanize the fuck out of celebrities. And, like, I, I've, I was at the Equinox pool, right, and there's this – Cool guy, like super cool. Mitt, Mitt is his name. I, I made sure to remember his name, Mitt. And he comes up, he's like being nice to me and didn't ask for a picture. And I always like when people are super nice to me and just give me like love and don't ask for a picture. And he's like, bro, like, I don't know how the fuck you do all this shit. <laughs> da, 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 da. You're, you're the best. I love you. And I'm just like, bro, I am a regular guy. And he goes, <laughs> Yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah, yeah you're, you're. And I'm like, no, like, Mitt, like, I'm, I'm a regular <laughs> yeah, ass right. guy. Like, I'm literally just a human. I'm yeah. no different than you. I just did different things and knocked down each door of opportunity mm-hmm. and put myself in different positions. But like, Mitt, I'm just normal. And he's like. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, you're le- you're the goat. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, like, yeah, people I mean, don't people I, don't realize we like. I guess though, if they've never had an interaction with a celebrity, it's easy to think that. What, but the more you do, the more you're around celebrities, the more you realize, oh, it's just regular people. Yeah, but it's also, but but to to people's defense, there's there's different people that act different ways, mm, right? Sure. And sometimes, you know, most people don't really know who they are. Mm. And again, most people are trying to find themselves even through all the fame and success. And so it depends on how you carry it. It's something just as simple as thank yous and you know, the way you speak to someone that's maybe a waiter or a waitress. I say this all the time. It's just these little simple things that when people approach me, they approach me and they go away like, damn, that was, you know, that was great, and I'm not a I'm not I'm not Jake Paul. I'm not a celebrity. I, I, have, rich, I, have, a, I have a question for both <laughs> you guys because I, I, I feel like you guys are very similar in the light of like valuing and 
how you manage your relationships with the people you work with in terms of like how you set up things for Amanda and, and all of the things you do for the people who are under your, like your team and your name. How do you not let greed infiltrate like the business plan in terms of like uh, from a financial standpoint? Well, you, I mean, you, you can feel that, right? And, and this isn't the first team I've had. And, you know, it's just, it's, you can feel it though. And you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile. But again, those experiences in the book allowed me to understand people's characters from way far away. Like we used to have to learn, we used to have to learn the cars, mm -hmm. right? So imagine being outside at night and there's a car coming down the street. You have to know that car. Cause if you don't know that car, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. Just same way as we used to have to learn people's silhouettes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's dark. You have to know someone walking down the street. You have to be able to say, oh, that's Damon, right? Because, and you have to know that prior to Damon getting up on you. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know that and Damon gets up on you and it's really Greg from over, you know what I'm saying? That could be it, it that. Could, exactly. Yeah. So that thing just, it's just, it's, it's, it's in, embedded in me like I don't I don't know how to explain that but it came from experiences I have two things that I really want to touch on I know you have a heart out so I, I don't I don't know where we're at on time but uh one thing one thing I've heard you talk about is with your athletes you never want to create a yes environment you call it no, so you no. have tough conversations with all of your athletes the tough but necessary conversations that leads to you guys having the relationships you do what are some of the difficult conversations you have to have with athletes that a lot of agents I mean one really just you're not as good as you think you are Damn. <laughs> you tell people that? Yeah. Not, I mean, you know, not in that up. tone, but what I'm saying is. My manager tells me that. Yeah, too. because here's the thing. Nikisa tells me that. Here's the thing. If, if you. In a, in a, he does it in like a yeah, not subliminal Nikki, way. Yeah. He doesn't say that, but he says but like. Let me, let me just tell you why. You. Let me just yeah. tell you why it's important. You're actually saving someone from themselves. Mm. Because if you feel you're this guy. And now I'm comparing myself to that guy. But you're not as good as that guy, and you don't really hold the value that that guy holds. Don't waste your time there. Mm. Let's maximize your space and your value because the difference is this is your livelihood, mm -hmm. right? So why am I going to allow you to feel like you're a $30 million player when you're a $20 million player and there's nothing wrong with being a twenty million dollar player. What's the approach to make it like not feel undermining though to that? Come no, on. it's just having a real conversation, bro. Come on with the bullshit. Like, cut mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you know what's up. Like, you're just we, gonna feel undermined anyways, and it's yeah, just but, real. It's real, and and honestly, it makes it's it should make the, the the proper response from a good person would make them want to. Let listen, me tell you what happened. Play Something better. I've seen with him over and over is that being a celebrity, it's a lot of smoke that gets blown up your ass. Of your course, but life. they come back to me and they be like, bro. You're right, because right. I, I put it in real perspective. Like, this is not this is not hoops hype money. This is not. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing, right? Because I can I can make I can make twenty million. You can make sixty million, depending on what's important to me and my perspective and my habits and my infrastructure. My twenty million could long outlast your sixty million based upon our habits. Mm -hmm. Right. And so why would I ever focus there? Don't focus on the end. Don't focus on the beginning. Like the credits don't start when the movie comes on. They, mm -hmm. they start rolling at the end. So 
I explain that to them. We're not worried about what somebody else is doing. Going to a grocery store, there's Dr. Pepper, there's Coke, there's Pepsi, there's Fago, there's Fanta. There's all these different products. They all got different prices on them, mm-hmm. right? But that don't mean the overall value of those companies are not at X. We don't know what that is, mm-hmm. right? So quit comparing yourself to that. Just lock in, save your money, take care of your family, build your infrastructure, diversify your portfolio, and then, and it don't matter. If he can buy a boat and you can fly business first, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get Compare what I'm yourself to who you were yeah. yesterday, not who anybody else yeah, is today. Forget all that. And, but that's the problem. We come from an environment to where I have to outdo you. That's why mm-hmm. there's not a lot of cohesion. And there's, if I'm starting something, then he got to start something, and he got to start something. But the reality of all of those things working is probably not that realistic. But if we started and we started together and, and we invest in the enterprise value of this and the infrastructure and the know-how and expertise, and if I own 10% of it and you own 18% of it and we sell it for a 30 or 40X. Hmm. Do, do, do you ever get annoyed trying to teach these young people about business? Because I am like raising this fund and like have better and all these brands that I'm building and to other celebrities, I've tried to get them involved like three years ago and they just don't even know what private equity is. And then the three years later, they're like, bro, let's do some shit together. I should have invested. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jay-Z had the famous line, you know, 300 million later. Now you understand us. I just don't, I don't pretend to know. I don't know everything. Like I don't want to get it confused that I know everything. I don't know everything, but what I do know is who to find that knows what I don't know, mm. what I need to know it. And so at that point, I think that's pretty smart. Listen right? up to what he just said, by the yeah. way. That's, and so yeah. that's, that's my thing. The, yep. the, 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 the toughest thing for me is, again, shoe deals, trading card deals, marketing deals, contracts, etc. But you work in a space in which, although you've accomplished all of this, there's still going to be somebody in front of you based upon their entitlement or their positioning that brings forth an entitlement to control a situation that's going to tell you how to do your job instead of trusting in you to do a job for them because you've shown that you, you know, yeah. the, the best at it. When, you know, when, when, if, when, when Tiger Woods was winning every championship, right and he was winning every tour you wanted his coach mm. why because the, the guy is winning you know and now a lot of it had to do with tiger but that it's the same way in boxing it's the same way and i've heard that about tiger that he is still such a student to this day he you is have still to be such a how could you not but but here's the thing because it's a sport mm-hmm. everyone comes with you mm-hmm. right and so and and because sometimes you look like me it's, it's seen like, oh, I can do his job. I can do it. And I'm not saying you can't do a job, but it took me, this is my 22nd year. It's not my second year. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And so I, nine years before I ever represented LeBron, nine years prior to, after going through everything that you read in the book, et cetera, and then some. But the point I'm trying to make is, wouldn't it be smart for you, not even just me, anybody in my position with the receipts to say, hey, I'd rather you lead this, let me observe and learn, not that I want to do your job, 
But I want to be in the know. I want to be educated on the decisions that's being made for my son or my nephew or, or whatever the case may be. That's a better thing than you trying to do it without understanding what to do. But it takes a bit of humility to do that. You have to put your ego well, aside that, and understand. Well, I represent those I that have humility. Off. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That's a simple thing. I yeah, represent those I, that have humility. Yeah. No, then that's that's commendable. It's good for me to hear that because I get pissed off. It's I'm not like, easy. I mean, I'm like I'm like yo, invest in this fund, and they're like, what? Well, and and you know you, what? I have to give you a hundred k. I'm like. I'm doing you a favor, you fucking idiot. We don't need your money. We have the Qatari royal family. We have fucking fifty million dollars. Of course, though, at like, the end of the day, it's mutual. Of get course, your fucking mutual. head through the fucking no. Yeah, but no, you can't expect like, everybody. I, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm doing you a favor. Invest your money, and they're that just happened. like, oh, talk to my manager. Talk to my, uh, that. That happens uh, a lot. Like, but, but here's the Christ, thing, bro. Like, figure it out. But let me ask you this question, because it goes both ways. In some instances, yes, we've been in that seat where we felt like, and I felt like we're doing you a favor, mm -hmm. right? Or not even doing you a favor, but this is gonna be great for all of us, right? It's not about mm -hmm. how much you're getting. We all get it, it's gonna be great for all of us. But then I'm also willing to be on the other side of that when someone's doing me a favor, sure. all right? And so I understand that. And I'm most like, great, great things are yeah. symbiotic. It, I'm it, like, it great, let me, if I can get, you know what? You raising 50 million? And you only got two million left, and you say I can only get a hundred thousand of it. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You know, that's how I look at it. In my position, I can't count nobody else's position because I don't do everything that someone else does. But mm -hmm. for me, I'm appreciative of it all because, again, I don't know everything. I'm not trying to pretend to know everything. But as I'm diversifying and, and, and aligning myself with the right people. You know, where I can get a lot, I get a lot. Where I can get a little, I get a little. And I'm thankful for all of it. I want to, uh, like, put something into the ethos and manifest it. Um, Brandon can help here. But uh, I've, I'm the biggest Nike fan in the world. I've worn Nike my whole entire life. He has Nike socks tattooed on his legs. Well, yeah, people think. So when I wear the Nike sock, the logo goes there. And then it's, like, the yeah. double. So I've like did this. Do you this own stock? No, 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 no. Well, you should. Warren Buffett told me. Well, well, actually, I think through Morgan Stanley, my yeah, I think they actually have. Oh, stock. you probably yeah. have it in your yeah. portfolio. What did what but, did Warren Buffett tell you? That's that's definitely. No, I'm just cool. saying he, you know, like he, you know, a lot of times he invested in things that he actually believed in and supported. You know, like if you think about it, Fruit of Loom, everybody wore underwear. Mm -hmm. He loved Coca Cola. Right, mm -hmm. so it was like it was really simple. We went went to see Warren Buffett. I think it was two thousand and six in Omaha, and it was really I was young, really young, and he was a lot of fun, but also very educational, and it was just inspiring. And he gave me this 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 Monopoly board, this Berkshire Hathaway edition of a Monopoly board, mm -hmm. and it, and everything was all his companies, mm -hmm. railroads. It was it was insane, and you know here here these. You know, th three, four young black kids riding through Omaha, Nebraska with Warren Buffett. Mm. You know, but it was it was it was a cool experience and just learning what he built and how he built Berkshire Hathaway. I look at the same thing when I think about all that I'm doing. Like I don't want to be boxed in just to be an agent. You know, I'm not. Mm -hmm. That's one capability that I have to do, but that's not the end of the road for me. Not that I would not. 
go away from being an agent, but I can walk into bubblegum. Like, I don't have to only be an agent, and it shouldn't be deemed as that. And so that was an inspiring trip back then. And um, I think about that to this day when I, like, I believe in something, I'm, I'm supporting something. That's why I asked him the first question I asked him. You know? Yeah, you're, 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 playing, you're playing real life Monopoly, and there's no limits to that. That's yeah. what you're doing. So Should like, I get a New like, Balance so tattoo? <laughs> wait, 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 we got to get into that. Jake, well, before no, we get so, too far gone, the Nike thing, I want to Yeah, no, so, uh, I don't know. I just have this dream. Like, I think I, I just, like, want to be sponsored by Nike. And I'm sure you know someone there. Put I know, yeah, of put course. In, put in, I'm, I'm sure you know someone there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there, there's this commercial idea I have in my head. I think I'm the perfect Nike athlete because I represent more than I think anybody just do it because my goal was to become the biggest vlogger in the world. And I did it. Just do it. My goal is to become the biggest boxer in the world. And I'm like saying these videos in front of people and they're like, oh yeah, idiot. Like you're moving to Puerto Rico to train all the time. Like stupid. Like what are you doing? Boom. Just did it. And the list goes on and on and on. Oh, I'm the, I want to be the new Jay-Z. Oh, you're going to create a billion dollar company. Cool. Look at better. Just did it. And so I truly believe that I'm the prime example of being a Nike athlete from Ohio wrestling my whole life, repping the whole entire brand. And, uh, I don't know. We have this, we have this commercial in my head and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the NFL after I'm done boxing and be a wide receiver. And I'm going to score a fucking touchdown. <laughs> and when I do it, I'll say, just did it. You make me realize how lazy I am. Because you got a lot of aspirations. So I'm manifesting you knowing someone at Nike and me being a Nike I, de athlete. I definitely know the right people at Nike. Um, you know, I don't know who represents you, but I, I, I don't want to in front of their job but i'll definitely make the phone call no it's not even about money they they don't even care bro no like, i'm just yeah, saying like, but still you gotta you know yeah there's nikes you know they look at things a lot different so. please please but, <laughs> that boy begging for things please god tattoos, give me that nike so. I'll contract do it, i'll do it for free uh, <laughs> Bridge, oh and yeah. but but yeah but we got new balance <laughs> no 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 but this is we uh, we need this drop the the clutch new balance drop yeah, so, so again, talking about, like, this is something that's totally separate from Clutch Sports Group. Like, this has nothing to do with it. And, and, but, again, I couldn't do this without the other. So it's just the evolution of, of a brand that we've been able to build and I've been able to build. And I, and I had this different vision of creating this, this sportswear brand with, with performance and, and, and style and cool and then headed back into the community. So my mom had that green on green this is our community color mm. um and what is the what you know the the, the tomorrow's athlete is clutch right mm -hmm. and so what does that mean that means you know everything from you know kindness never hurts and love is never wasted and unity starting with you and trust making it possible and community being the mentality right and then honesty keeping it real and so i wanted to create this brand um and i was able to partner with new balance um, because I just felt like it was the right partner for me and what I wanted to do in my vision. And 
it's a it's a real brand. We we you know we we're we're signing athletes, and the athlete isn't just somebody on the field. Like you guys are athletes too. It's whomever is covering the field: moms, dads, firemen, police officers. You know, just that thing, and that's the new athlete. And so when you talk about kindness never hurting, just getting back to the days of you see an old lady carrying her bags and and just helping her up the stairs and you know, lead, going back into the community and things like that. And so I wanted to create a brand in which, number one, people actually believed in because we're in a world now where they don't really have any much to believe in, right? Mm. We believed in, he believed in a brand so much that he got it tattooed on him more than once, mm. right? Getting back to that, um, as well as creating something that is reciprocity, giving back to the community. Don't just spend the money. I want to build a business in which we're hiring kids from these same areas that is helping the brand grow and supporting the brand and creating these programs to where, yeah, you don't have to go to college to be a designer. You can learn right here at this program and creating that community of whether it's a daycare, whether it's shipping and receiving, driver security, you know, um, design, graphic design, marketing, and really this is my vision to create that. And then bring it back to Cleveland. You know that that's one one of the areas where I want the service centers and things like that. And so, brought you this. Thank um, you. No, this is sick. This is, this is actually waterproof. Fire. So yeah, wait. Can we can we pour some water? No, no, no. Seriously, <laughs> if, you, if you have a wait, water, so what happens when you? Pour no, it's water. just go, it's just gonna go right off. It's just gonna roll. We're right gonna off. pour Celsius on it. Is it Celsius proof? Celsius water. Wow. Damn. <laughs> There's no fucking way. I'm ruining the carpet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hard, the hard rock. The hard thank, rock. Thank you, hard the rock. The hard rock oh, representative yeah. is staring at me like, yo. But you know, like, die. it's a, but 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 it's but again, you know, I have an unbelievable That's team um, of people designing, and we're really thinking about this in a real way, and um, definitely, you know, uh, thankful to the partnership of New Balance. But um, congrats, you know, by most the way, up man. is co-branded. Thank you. Yeah, and so this is a, this is a real this is sick real thing, and so great but we'll 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 send you all the stuff. I know I said water, he threw, but it, I look. put this. No, it's fine. No, look. it's it's good. So, it's dry. It's Celsius proof. Yeah. No, get 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 your New Balance. But get the but, book, Lucky Me. Like. Yeah, mm. But but you know the, the the so again, it's just the evolution of my my vision of creating just this ecosystem, and so. Um, we're in 100 stores now, DTLR, wow, we're in Snipes, we're in Foot Locker, we're in Dick's, let's go. Um, Sporting Goods. And then um, next year, we're going into another 120 doors. And so really excited about that. We're coming up on our, our this will be our real first season, but it's we call it the second season where we're going to really develop out the line. So I'll make sure you guys get some stuff. But it's it's, it's really cool. So I'm, ex I'm excited about that as well. Fuck yeah. Rich, real quick, I think uh, something really cool because this is the episode for the entrepreneurs, for the hustlers, for those interested in improving their lives and themselves and the lives around them. Um, so some really practical advice for those people, something big in, this, in the self-improvement space, people are very interested in successful people's routines and their morning routines. Right. Is there a, a go-to Rich Paul morning routine to set your day up for success? You know what? I can't, I can't lie and say it is, mm -hmm. but I am beginning one now. I've been... I've been doing, I have a friend, his name is Vivi. I've been doing the sauna. I've been doing, he called it mm. the sauna. I've been doing that and then and now I've been starting to get into this cold plunge yep. thing, which I is cool. I can't get behind it. But, but <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's great for you. It's I, great I, for you. And the other day, Jake, I meditated. I started meditating, you know, 20 minutes. And so 
going to try that out. But honestly, I didn't. I, my routine was just get up, get to it, you know, in terms of like, I have no excuse days. Like, I don't have an excuse for my day. However, which way it go, I don't have an excuse for it. I just. I think that's just as interesting because a lot of time now people get really caught up in those details. I actually did that for a while where I was really interested in the self-improvement space and it got to the point where I was so meticulous over my routines and yeah. my habits that if I fell short in any of my habits, which was bound to happen, that I would then be hard on myself and it would have a negative impact on my day. So there's almost something to the fact of just like, just get up and get after it. It doesn't always have to be so militant. And Yeah, and, that was my thing. Just yeah. get up, get after it. You know, I do have a great team where I have a calendar and I, you know, my day, most of my days is just like, you have a 9.30, 10, 10.30, 11, mm -hmm. a 12, a 1.30. Sounds like Jake. The day sheet. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, you know, but, it, but it's, it's good though. I, look, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm enjoying, you know, the, the ability to be very selective for me, but I have, and I'm also enjoying empowering others. You know, we have a lot of agents and younger agents coming up wanting to learn. And it's important for, for me, for them to, learn things the right way. And so we've been implementing a lot as a company to help them really be very sharp and hopefully be better than me in, in the space, you know? And so if I can make it easier for those coming behind me, that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Like that's the real win. And so I wanted to build an actual business. That's why I didn't call it Rich Paul Sports because I didn't want to necessarily make it about me. I wanted to be able to grow legs. And so um, that's been great. I started with, two employees and now we have 80 so wow that's Huge. good yeah I, I wanted to cover it earlier but uh we didn't have the time can i please uh get a piece of advice for the youth who may be scared to fail or feel like they don't have all the resources necessary to start you can't be afraid to make a mistake right because a mistake isn't failure it's an experience it's a learned experience now a repeated mistake is something different Right. You should learn from your initial mistake and Absolutely. you should come back, adjust it to not repeat that mistake. If you repeat the mistakes, then, yes, that can become failure. But, you know, discouragement has killed more people than guns ever. You know, that's just the thing, Damn. because, you know, it's important for you to understand that there's no ways apt to life. These kids mm -hmm. don't have that. So helping them understand and have some direction just in which way to turn the car so I can start going down the road the right way. Because sometimes you can, you can have the car facing the wrong way without knowing it. And so just helping them understand that. Once they get on the road, things will start to happen for them as they keep moseying, moseying along. And so my advice to kids would be, you know, you hear all the time, don't let somebody tell you what you can't do, this and that. Yeah. But it's not about not letting somebody else tell you that. It's about you not telling yourself that because we all think about it internally, right? And being ultra motivated, not because of things. You know, everyone wants what they see you with. Chrome hearts, the thing, the, the Richard Mill, this and that. But that shouldn't be. But that shouldn't be. But that shouldn't be your motivation. Right? Oh, you got Chrome and the Richard on. <laughs> oh, no. <nah. laughs> that shouldn't be. 
That shouldn't be. And then nice the bust down chain underneath. Yeah. God damn. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be your motivation. You know, we all <laughs> like those things, but that shouldn't be what drives you. You know, like what does it for you now? Yeah, you, you, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yep. You, you're a man who has fuck that shit. That's <laughs> no, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I can't believe these fucking people are doing. <laughs> yeah, people who wear chrome hearts, chrome nah, hearts. Like, bro, listen, get I over it, bro. You're cool. Nah, like what? Listen, like you want was, social listen, acceptance? You we fucking was wearing weirdo. Chrome, the weird, we was wearing chrome hearts in 2004. Shit. You know, like yeah, they didn't even really make clothes like that. It's like a t-shirt. Yeah, I had this little, shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But but put the great brand and cool brand. I'm not saying. I'm just saying for anything. It shouldn't be for things. You know, when I was growing up, we put thousands of dollars in old school cars. Right? It's just a thing. When you could have been buying, we could have been buying property. We could have been buying art. By the way, mm. it's just a different thing. And so knowing what I know now, I just I just I can't help but to give that away because I don't. I want it to be. It's the road should be easier as we as we continue to pave it. It shouldn't be cobblestone, right? Yeah. It should yeah, be what's, easier. What's crazy is is like once you get to a certain point, you can like spend money on certain shit that like appreciates. And th that's what we need to focus well, you on. Have, well, not even, yeah, you're right. But it's, it's the thing about that is, is having the knowledge of what actually appreciates to yeah. know what to spend the money on. Mm. We don't oh, know that yeah. prior to, you know? A lot of times you're like, yo, let me buy like a fucking Rolex Datejust. I just got rich. Let me get an Oyster Perpetual. And you're like, that's only going to, that's going to like hold value. But save your money until you can get the big boy watch that appreciates. And again, I'm not knocking any of that because you got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. my thing is don't make it about things. Make it about you. Make it about growth opportunity and your positioning and, and things like that. And then once you get to a place where you have consistency, then you can start focusing on the things here and there because you have consistency. You have a consistent positioning that you that the foundation is strong. And, and uh, there might be some people watching that that say, yeah, easy for you to say that's your motive when you've already made it. But, but that I, was my motive. At, I bought my first house at 19. Mm. I just I just had a conversation oh, downstairs yeah, with the switch it up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was my motivation 19. then. You know, like that wasn't, this is not, you know, the, the, the NBA, like I lived the NBA life in my world prior to the NBA. I was going to all-star games prior to ever knowing anybody in the, in the NBA. Like this is what we did. We mm -hmm. went to, this is what we did. I was coming to New York shopping on Fifth Avenue. That's how I found, you know, that's how I found the jerseys. That's mm -hmm. how the whole jersey thing started because I was in New York at Cartier and went, just happened to go to the NBA store. So just it's like- Just for our audience, do you want to preface that story a little bit of, of what the Jersey story is with you? Yeah, so everyone knows, I'm like in, in the book, the book ends when you, you read it, I won't, I won't spoil the ending, but the book, the book, the ending of the book tells you a lot about the next, you can visualize what I'm about to talk about. So I met LeBron because of this Jersey I had on this warm moon Jersey that I had. Just, this jersey that I had on. But I always liked fashion, no matter what it was. You know, in the, in the early 93, 94, I was wearing things in the eighth grade. I was paying six, $700 for sweaters and $200 shirts back then, right? And people don't understand it like, oh, that's bullshit, that's cap. No, if you really was from Cleveland and knew me, they would be like, no, he's not, he's not capping, that's, that's real. But anyway, I was, 
I was I bought a Latrell Sprewell jersey I was looking for forever because I had these. I used to buy shoes every like when I say every day I bought sneakers every day or every other day. Like I had, so I had Bo Jacksons in the box for like six months and I refused to wear it until I got this one specific jersey. On the trip to New York, I actually went in the NBA store and I bought this jersey, this Latrell Sprewell jersey. As I'm checking out, there's three jerseys over here. There's an Elgin Baylor Lakers, there's a Oscar Robinson Bucks, and there's a Bill Russell Celtics. I buy the Elgin Baylor and Oscar Robinson. The guy, this is very important, the guy at the register, I said, what is that section over there? He goes, that's our hardwood classic section. Okay, fine. Fast forward. I wear these jerseys to the club. Everyone likes them. They ask me about them. I get home. I bought a house when I was 19, 20, whatever, however old I was. The two bedrooms, I made one a weight room and one like a little makeshift office. I'm putting myself through, quote, unquote, university. I went to Bryan and Stratton. I went to a day at Cleveland State, whatever. But what happened was I couldn't sleep because of the response I was getting from these people. Jerry. So because he said Hardwood Classics, I went on the computer and I typed in Hardwood Classics. A store in Atlanta came up called Distant Replays. Long story short, I was the first person to call that store. Me and this guy developed a relationship. I'm shopping with him every week. I'm spending $1,000 to $1,500 with him every week. And I'm going to the club. I'm getting the same response. Two months later. Are you selling them at the club? Are you? No, no, I'm just wearing them. Yep. Two months later, I asked him, can I invest in this business? Mm-hmm. He said no. And he didn't say no. He said, if you're serious, fly down and we can talk about it. And I fly down. We have lunch. He tells me, no, I can't let you invest. But here's what I'll do. If you're willing to work in the store, i.e. I worked in my dad's store, no problem, I'll give you 40% off whatever you buy. Deal. I say deal. So now I got the inventory. So now I'm coming back home and I'm selling the jerseys to all my guys on my block, across town, projects, up the way, down the way, everywhere. So now I say to them, the only thing I ask, when someone asks you where you got that jersey, tell me you got it from Lil' Rich, right? And so that built my clientele. I had to go back and forth to Atlanta one trip to Atlanta one time, I'm flying out of Akron Canton Airport, not because I booked it, because my friend booked the flight. And prior to going to Atlanta, I didn't, never really been on a flight because we drive everywhere in Cleveland. We can hit anywhere, right, within hours. So I'm waiting at the gate, and this kid asked me about my jersey. Like, what kind of jerseys that you got on? I was like, just the Warren Moon Oilers. And they're like, damn, man, you know. So we get on the plane, we get to baggage claim, here they come again. Right. That kid happened to be LeBron James. Now, he wasn't on the cover of Sports Illustrated, anything like that. How old is he at the time? 17, I want to say, 16, 17. But here's the thing. Everything you learn in the book, if I make it, if I'm so high and mighty about myself, right, I don't even pay attention to that. I literally wanted to tell him about the jerseys because, number one, I sell them. Number two, he had on a replica jersey. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to make fun of, of his replica but I was trying to educate him where he can get the, the hot shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so we go to Atlanta. I fly back home. I'm laying on my couch. I get a call from my man, Andy Hyman, who owned the store. He's like, hey, some kids in here dropping your name. What you want me to do? I said, what they buying? He said, they buying the Magic Johnson Lakers. I said, you can give them my discount. So they used my discount. When they got back to Akron, they called me to come to Akron. This built the relationship because I had this product and I wasn't so into myself that I'm just like, whatever. Now, just to put things into context, I got a Jacob on, 
Mm-hmm. I got, you know, jersey on. I'm, I'm straight. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. tripping on anything. But I was always that type of guy that wanted to educate the next. I never knew why he said something to me, and I'm an industry. I never knew why until about a year ago. I was, and I asked him. I said, Brian, what made you say something to me about that jersey? And he said, Bro, he said, Man, I was waiting on my ride to take me to the airport. The last thing I saw before I left my house was the fabulous video, and he had that jersey on. And so when you came in the airport to the gate and you had the jersey on, it just prompted me to say something to you about it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't even Jeez. think. So when you just That's think fate. about all these things of fate and you like, That's so sweet. so when you talk about lucky me, going back to this title of the book, in a lot of ways, yes, you're lucky, but you also create your own luck. Mm-hmm. And then in a lot of ways, I wasn't so lucky based upon I lost my dad when I was 19. I don't have my mom. You know, all the things I went through and lost friends and just a lot of different things. And so I picked that title and it's my favorite Jay-Z record, Lucky Me. Mm-hmm. But I picked that title, but if you listen to that record, Lucky Me, it'll, you know, help you understand. He talks about, you know, I was told since I was four years old, everything that glitters ain't gold. And now that I've arrived, I see those truths unfold, close my eyes in the world so cold, Lucky mm-hmm. Me. Like, you know, so those words stuck with me as I'm riding through that neighborhood late at night, trying to survive the night, right? Mm-hmm. And as a mom, you know, when you, in the book, I wrote a letter to my mom and she's not around no more, but the thing I wanted her to understand is that I'm all right. Cause as a mom, all you want to know is that your kids are, is okay, right? Mm-hmm. It ain't about this money and all that. You just want to know that they're okay. And so when you, know you read it and some of it and probably haven't finished it but when you re- it gets it gets real deep mm-hmm. and when i was doing the audio book it got really emotional for me because you know I, it took me back i had to go and relive those those moments but that's how the whole um jersey aspect of things happened but think about all those things that had new york this that I, this, I, this i say this. i say bullshit i say bullshit to the fact that 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 is, any of that is luck i say that you absolutely did you you created all of that if you weren't hustling those jerseys if you, if you weren't out there making all that happen for yourself that luck of lebron happening to see the fabulous video and then happening to see your jersey would have never happened that's it, what i'm that saying that's why you cre- yeah, it is exactly. created there's but, some sheer luck but yeah and more but than people more want to yeah. accept and for, it's created and for people watching at home the the takeaway should be every single decision that you make in your life down to what you're wearing matters down to who you're talking to it fucking matters yeah it matters and pay attention and this has been a phenomenal episode yeah fucking uh-huh. legend thank Ball. you guys thank man you thank you, thank you man. appreciate y'all bs Episode twenty something. <laughs> Subscribe. We I love you guys. Like, today. comment, <laughs> let us know how you feel, and uh, get lucky me the book. We love Rich Paul. Thank you guys. Thank, you. Thank you to Hard Rock as well. Thank, Thank you, Hard guys. Rock. Peace out, everybody. Today Much was love. A, a learning session for me. Crazy like she Britney, but no, she don't shade the knock. No, no. Russell Wilson, where I get long, stay in the pocket. I get paid and do my dance like a touchdown. Yeah, I can't do no trying to leave that gun around. In my teens, we were acting up and running around. Now we're grown, stick it to it if it's necessary. On the ground from 
January to January, never met nobody who retired when they were young. They were young. So I guess I got.